Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. 1 Peter 1, verse 22. I happened to come across a television program this past week and was listening to a woman give her testimony about how she had come to Christ and um, how God had set her free from drugs and, um, and, and homelessness and all of these things that she was dealing with. And, and she, she was talking about how she begun to spend time in the Word of God and how God's Word had fed her soul and had set her free from, from all the things that she had dealt with and experienced in the past. It was, it was a very powerful story. And, and she was holding her Bible and she said, you know, my Bible's falling apart. I've got it taped together. And she said, she said this is the food for my soul. And, you know, I, I believe that. I believe God's Word is a food for our souls. Um, I remember uh, when I was in college, I, I heard a, a fellow tell me he had worked some with the football team, and he was telling me what they got to eat. And, uh, and I was kind of jealous, to be honest with you. Uh, they got to eat steak regularly. Uh, whatever else, you know, all these, these fruits and vegetables they didn't put out for the normal student body, the football players got to eat. Why is that? Well, because they knew that they needed nutrients, they needed nutrition in order to be able to perform at the highest level possible uh, when they got out on the football field. If that's true for football, how much more so is it true for us as God's people? We need the spiritual nutrition that comes to us through God's Word. Peter is writing to a group of Christians that's going through a great struggle. They're going through suffering. And uh, as, as he talks to them and he encourages them, he is directing them to the source of nourishment and spiritual nutrition so that they can stand strong in difficult times. Uh, all of us need to be in God's word, asking God's spirit to speak to our hearts on a regular basis. I believe a daily basis so that you can get... Uh, I heard Tony Evans one time talk about uh, as new... Newborn babies, you know, they want to be fed every three hours, right, or, or, or sooner. Uh, you know, they, they don't wait around for Sunday. They, they come, and they want food, and they want it now, right? And if you don't give it to them, they will let you know about it, right? Uh, that's, that's what we need. We need God's spiritual food on a regular, daily basis. And so the title of my message is Helped by God's Word. We're going to talk about how God helps us through his word. Look with me at uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 22. By obedience to the truth, having purified yourselves for sincere love of the brothers, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached as the gospel to you. So rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants desire the pure spiritual milk, so that you may grow by it for your salvation, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Coming to him, 
a living stone rejected by men, but chosen and valuable to God. You yourselves as living stones are being built into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it is contained in Scripture, Look, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Helped by God's word. How are we helped by God's word? What do we need to do to be helped by God's word? Well, the first thing is that we need to value it. We need to value God's word. He says... I want you to love each other, and the reason I want you to love each other is because you're not born of perishable seed. Whenever you were born, and you made your mom and dad happy, right, uh, being born, uh, you were born of perishable seed. In other words, what does he mean by that? In other words, one day, if the Lord tarries, you will die, and I will die. Like the statistic, one out of one die, right? And uh, so it's perishable seed. But he says, you who have put your trust in Christ, you have been born of imperishable seed. That is, spiritually, you have been given through God's word the gift of eternal life. And that seed that has been born in you, you have been born again, will last forever. There will never be an end to your life. Jesus said this uh, to Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he who believes in me will live and never die. Imperishable seed. And so he says, I want you to value God's word because God's word brings about the miracle of the new birth. If anyone is going to be saved, they're going to be saved because the message of God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit has been communicated to their hearts. And God has brought about a conviction and a desire to give their heart and life to faith in Jesus Christ. And, and God does that through his powerful word. <clears throat> I read a book uh, years ago by R.A. Torrey. And he was talking about how to win people to Jesus Christ. And, and he was using, uh, in that section, was talking about the power of using Scripture. And he would sometimes, he would take a verse of Scripture and he would mention it several times as he was talking to a lost person. Because he, he knew that it was God's sword and that it was powerful to touch a person's heart. And he said many times a person would come back to him. Uh, several days later and said, I haven't been able to stop thinking about that verse and, and I want to give my heart to Christ. And, and in one particular case, he had a man who for, for a whole week struggled and he couldn't get that scripture verse out of his mind. And the Holy Spirit of God had just planted it there. And uh, finally, he said, he said, I can't sleep at night. He says, I've got to get saved. Why? Because the powerful word of God had been communicated to his heart. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Value God's word. It's what brings people to Christ. But it doesn't stop there. God's word also helps us to grow in Christ. Um, he says it's the living and enduring word of God. What does it mean for, 
for the God's word to be living and enduring. That means it is, it is doing its work all the time. As you come to God and you spend time in his word, you ask God to speak to you uh, through his word and through the spirit of God in your life. And, and you open God's word. God's word is going to do a work in your heart as a believer. God's work will, will convict you. It will confront you. It will change you. It will help. It will encourage you. It will comfort you. Uh, it does all kinds of things, but God's word is active. It's like no other book. You know, I, I've read books before that have challenged me. I remember one book I read about uh, this, these people getting uh, a food poisoning from eating uncooked steak. And to this day, I always get my steak well done after reading that book. So it, it kind of impacted me in one way. But can I tell you something? I've never had a desire to go back and read that book again. But I do have a desire to read God's Word again. Because every time I read it, Every time I read it, I know it does a work in my life. And sometimes I may sense that more than others, right? Sometimes I may, I may not sense what God's Word is doing, but God's Word is doing its work. But I know that God will speak to me through His Word, and He'll change me, and He'll make me more like Christ. And so uh, we need to value God's Word. God's Word is so precious. Um, he talks about the grass. Somebody was talking to me about before church about, boy, I'm ready for the frost, you know. Kill that grass. You know. Kill the pollen. Kill, kill all these things. And uh, it doesn't take much to kill the grass, right? Sometimes you have a hard time getting it to grow. I remember we, we started trying to get grass to grow in our yard, and, and they call it Rocky Top for a reason. And it was tough. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, he says, the grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of our God will endure forever. There is nothing like God's word. Everything in this world changes. Everything in this world will pass away. But God's word will remain. It's an anchor for your life. Times when people fail you, guess what? God's word won't fail you. In times when circumstances change, God's word remains the same. Value God's word. There have been times where I have uh, been drifting from God and I've been convicted by God's word. I've confessed my sin and drawn close again to God. It has, it's been the shepherd's crook to bring me back to Christ. There have been times where I've needed rebuke and God's word has rebuked me and I've had to be, you know, uh, I've had to be, uh, you know, you kind of feel sheepish because, hey, I've done all this and, and God has rebuked me through his word. And, but I've confessed it and God's word did me good. Uh, I remember we had a veterinarian in, in the church that I, I, I pastored in the past. And uh, he told me, he said, you know, sometimes you just got to cut something out. He said, if you're, if you're working on an animal, he said, there's a cancer there. You, you can't mess around with it. You can't just give them medicine. You got to cut it out. And uh, God's word helps do that sometimes for us when we've got something in our life that's displeasing God. But all oh, the comfort God's word has brought to me over the years. The encouragement. Yeah, have you ever gotten discouraged in your service for God? God's word can lift you up. Uh, it is such a precious gift. I'll never forget that video we saw a few years ago. of the. You remember that tribe that received the word of God for the first time? And they're all just 
praising God and, and just worshiping God, we have the Word of God. And, and, and they're shouting and they're jumping and they're, they're praising God. Why? Because they had never read the pages of Scripture in their life. And now for the first time, they have a copy of God's Word. Listen, don't take for granted something that is so precious. Value God's Word. Value it. Um, Peter spends some time talking about it. Then he says this is... The word that proclaimed the good news of the gospel. We couldn't have been saved without the word of God. Value it. So not only should we value God's word. Value it. But also we should desire it. We should desire it. If you want to be helped by God's word. You've got to value it. You need to desire it. And look at what he says here. Verse 1 of chapter 2. So rid yourself of all malice. All deceit. Hypocrisy. Envy. And all slander. Like newborn infants desire the pure spiritual milk. Now, li literally, in Greek, those two verses are one sentence. And the first sentence is kind of the background for the second sentence. So he's saying, listen, you need to desire God's word enough to stop doing the evil things that you're doing. Guess what will kill God speaking to you through his word quicker than anything? It's, it's a three-letter word, sin. Sin will stop the spirit, will quench the spirit of God as he uh, is, is seeking to work in your life. It doesn't mean that God's word will be unpowerful in your life, but it just means that if you want the full impact of what God's word can do in your life, you've got to deal with that sin. Confess it to God. If you're a child of God, confess it to him and ask for the filling of the spirit. Ask the spirit to live through you that holy life that God desires. If you're unsaved, you also need to deal with the sin because the Bible says that uh, our sin has separated us from God. The wages of sin is death, and death is not just the physical death. It's not just the eternal death in hell. Death is also that spiritual separation from God, right? And so um, in order to deal with and get the full benefit of God's word... You need to deal with that sin in your life. And, and the way you do it as an unbeliever is to confess it to God that you're a sinner and then to believe that Jesus died for your sin on the cross and paid the price for it. And that he rose again. And that the Bible says if you will confess Jesus as your Lord, that means you'll put him in charge of your life and bow the knee to him. And you'll believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. And so if you're an unbeliever, you need to confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And on the promise of scripture, you'll be saved. And the Bible says that God will wipe your sin away. He'll bury it in the sea of forgetfulness. Put it as far as the east is from the west. And uh, he, will, he will save your soul. He'll give you that eternal life. That, he'll make you a new creation. He'll cause you to be born again. Uh, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. That's what God will do as you trust Christ. And, and you know what I've heard people say to me? Before I was saved, the word of God made no sense to me. I would read it and I got nothing out of it. But something happened. When I gave my heart to Christ, all of a sudden, the word of God began to speak to me. And I, all of a sudden, I began to get all of this out of it. And, and I can't, it's, it's amazing the difference. Well, what did they do? They dealt, dealt with the sin. They, they've been saved. They've trusted Christ. 
So now they could experience the fullness of God's word. So if you desire that full blessing of God's word, you need to be saved today. If you don't know Christ. Um, But then after he talks about the sin, he says, Like newborn infants desire the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow by it for your salvation. Why do babies eat? They eat so they can grow, right? They eat because they're hungry, you say. But, but yeah, but they eat so that they can grow. Why has God given them an appetite in the first place? Because they need to eat so that they can grow and develop. And uh, I remember the first time we brought Megan to church. Uh, we had a fellow named Bill Goodman who uh, saw her, and, and he said, Boy, she ain't missed many meals, has she? <laughs> she had been eating, I tell you what. Uh, no question about it. And, uh, and she was growing and she was thriving. Uh, we need God's spiritual food, his spiritual nutrition, so that we can grow. And we need to desire it. You ever, you ever uh, had to eat late? Maybe something came up at work and you, uh, you get, you're a couple hours late and you're hungry. I mean, you're hungry. You're hungry. You're about to smack the person next to you and take their, uh, their, their peanuts, right? I mean, you're hungry. And then you, you, you're driving down the road to go get you something to eat, and you're smelling this restaurant food, and your mouth starts watering. You're like, oh, I've got to eat. And, uh, and you, find, you, you go in, and finally, you, maybe, maybe you backslide, and you get you a big quarter-pound uh, bacon cheeseburger, right? And you're just, oh. And you eat it, and it's like, oh, that's so good. That's what God wants you to to feel about his word. Now, you say, well, how do I do that? I can't just work that up. I mean, I can't, you know, well, let's desire it. And and desire it. Okay. No. In order to desire God's word, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, a lot of times, even today, when I will, will get, get up in the morning, I don't feel good. And I don't feel like reading God's word. And I'll have to say, Lord, uh, will you please do this through me? Do this quiet time through me because I just don't feel like doing it. Uh, you know, give me a heart for your word and, and speak to me through your word. But, but I, I, I come and initially I don't come with desire. But God, I've, I've noticed as I pray for that, God, as, as he fills me with the spirit, he gives me that desire. Sometimes that desire is stronger than others. But you know what I've noticed? If you are faithful to spend time in God's word over time, you will begin to see more and more and more and more in it. And it will become more and more and more precious to you. And as you begin to see that God keeps his promises and you begin to see how God comforts you and you begin to see how God encourages you, And yes, sometimes you begin to see how God convicts you and confronts you. But you see the good that it does in your life. You begin to have more of a desire for it. And then what I've found as I've I've spent years and years and years of of coming to God's word. uh, It is so precious to me. So precious. And when you develop that desire, guess what you're going to do? You're going to spend more time in God's word. Yes, you may even do the M word. You may memorize God's word. And you'll find an increased victory in your spiritual life, victory over temptation, 
you'll find an increased joy and strength in your life as a Christian because you are drawing in those nutrients. And you're, uh, have you ever come just, just completely depleted to God? And you're just like, Lord, I, <laughs> I need some spiritual CPR. Uh, God's word will fill up that emptiness in you and give you what you need to go on. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes in the military, we, we had to eat what's called MREs. Some of you know what those are. And, uh, and they, they weren't the greatest. They were okay. They were, you know, but, but the purpose was not so that you could uh, have a, a fine cuisine. The purpose was to help you survive. Well, some days, reading the scripture is like eating an MRE. You, you just need it to survive. Uh, then other days, uh, you come to it, and, and maybe you don't feel your need as much, but you come to it and you find out, oh, God knew I did need something. And, 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 but regardless, as you make that commitment, God's word will become more precious to you. So, so in two ways, you, you learn to desire God's word. One is through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's, we all need that all the time, but also through uh, that regular time in God's word you will develop more of a desire for it as well. Uh, and, and why do you need a desire for it? Well, if it's going to help you, you're going to have to be in it, right? You know, it doesn't do me any good to carry an MRE with me if I don't eat it. And, you know, it doesn't do me any good uh, to, to try to uh, do an exercise program and get stronger if, if I'm not going to eat. So um, I've got to have that desire so that I'm continually coming to God's word for exactly what I need. So if you want to be helped by God's word, value it, desire it, and finally believe it. Believe it. Look at verse 6. For it is contained in scripture. He's going to quote the Old Testament here. And this message in the Old Testament as well as the news about Jesus Christ. Look at what he says. Look, I lay in, in a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. The chief message of scripture is Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. And he is the one that when you believe in him, you never put to shame. But did you know that Jesus is also the author of scripture? He's not only the message, he's the author. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You see, the word that we have, the scripture that we have, came straight from Jesus Christ. So that as you put your trust in God's word, you put your trust in the person who spoke it. Jesus Christ. And so... Uh, we need to believe God's word. You say, well, I, I, could, I could value it, I could desire it, but why do I have to believe it? Well, because Jesus gave this, gave this illustration. It's actually a true story in Jesus' life. He says, uh, he says he was unable. He went to his hometown. They said, oh, that's Jesus. We know who his family is. We have Joseph, Mary, you know, and, you know, we, know we know all those guys. And Jesus was, was preaching, but they didn't believe what he said. They thought, oh, he's just one of us. They didn't take him seriously. And the scripture says that Jesus was unable to do many works there, many miraculous works there, because 
of their unbelief. You see, when you come to God's word with unbelief, what happens is you don't get the full, full blessing. God responds to your faith. And when you put your faith in God's word, you won't be put to shame. God will honor you. He will reward you as you trust in God's word. And specifically the message of Jesus Christ. Now, I just need to say an aside here. Um, if you want to be obedient to God and you want to have a home in heaven, it comes no other way than through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the message of Scripture. And no matter what others may say, no matter what other religions may say, uh, if you take Jesus out of it, it is no longer the Word. Because all of it points to Him. Nothing in the, the, Much of what's in God's Word has no explanation without Christ. The Old Testament looks forward to it. How does God forgive a sinful, rebellious people? The New Testament explains how God is solving the problem. But it's all about Jesus Christ from the beginning to the end. So, um, but believing God's word, coming back to that, believing God's word. If you want the fullness of, of God's work and his power to change you, to comfort you, to help you, encourage you, and all of those things, it starts with faith. And let me just... just let me just talk about faith for a minute because some in our culture say faith is kind of like Mark Twain said, faith is believing something you know ain't so. Well, I beg to differ. Biblical faith is not a leap in the dark. Biblical faith is based on evidence. John said in his gospel, these things are written, that's the evidence, that you may believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that by believing you might have life in his name. You see, Christian faith is based on evidence. So it's not believing something you know ain't so. It's not believing something that is totally, you know, a leap in the dark. No. Faith in God is based upon who he is and what he has shown us he is in his word. And so your faith can grow. But, but the fact is, faith is like a key that unlocks the door to what God has for you. Jesus said this. He said, according to your faith, so it will be to you. According to your faith, so it will be to you. So God says, if you have faith, a little faith, you can move them out, right? Jesus said, faith is a grain of mustard seed. But Jesus said, according to your faith, so it will be to you. So Jesus is saying, depending on how much faith you have, will be how much you get out of the Christian life. Depending on how much faith you have, or if you don't have faith, you won't be a part of the Christian life because you don't have faith in Christ. But when you put your trust in Christ, you unlock the door to God's blessing. So when you come to God's word, you come in trust. That this is God's word. This is what he has said. And you come with an attitude of I am ready to follow and obey. I am ready to follow and trust. And when you come with that attitude, you will get uh, good things from God's word. Many people say, well, why don't I get anything out of the, the preaching? Well, it may be your preacher, but it may be you. It may be that you come with an attitude of unbelief 
And because you come with an attitude of unbelief, the Spirit of God has been quenched in your life and you're not hearing from God. Well, why do I get nothing out of God's Word? It's not God's Word. It's unbelief. So you say, well, how do I deal with this problem of unbelief? Well, one way is to ask God to change your heart. I love the story about the man. Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? He says, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. Sometimes it just starts with it with an admission that we don't have faith. And I'll, I'm going to tell you, there are times when all of us struggle with faith. And I'm no exception. What, what I've seen in my life is that there's an ebb and flow of faith in my life. Sometimes I'm like, buddy, I'm ready to charge hell with a water pistol. You know, I'm just, I believe God. I'm ready to go. I'm, you know. Other times, I'm just struggling. You know? And so we all have this. That's one reason, by the way, that we need the word of God. Because the word of, faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. And so, um, so faith comes through his word. But faith also comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when I was lost, I could remember a preacher saying, uh, if you're struggling to repent, ask God to help you. And I took that to heart because I was. I was struggling. I went through a year-long struggle with that. And I said, so God, will you help me repent, to genuinely repent, to, to, to turn to you in faith? And God answered that prayer. And, um, and, and finally, I, I remember after that year's over, I came to the altar, and I, in, in, the, in the genuineness of my heart, I surrendered it all to Christ. I said, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to live for you. Whatever you want is what I want. And, uh, and I trust you to save me. And you know what I found? He who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will never be ashamed. I used to wonder, what's going to happen if I surrender to Christ? You know, what are people going to think? What's gonna... I had all these scenarios going through my head. But you know what I found? Life began the day I trusted Christ. So ask the Lord to help you if you're an unbeliever to, to genuinely trust Christ, to genuinely repent of your sin and surrender to him. Uh, if, you're, if you're already a believer, ask God to increase your faith. I, I, sometimes I hear somebody say, well, don't ask for faith. God might give it to you. And they're talking about trials, you know. Well, I understand that. But if it's true what Jesus said, according to your faith it will be to you, I want faith. I want all that God has for me. I want God's presence in, in, in the fullest measure. I, I want to, to have God's power on my life in the fullest measure. And so if that means, if I've got to have faith, I'm going to ask for faith. When I struggle, I'll ask for faith. Uh, when I'm perplexed, I'll ask for faith. When, when I'm suffering, I'll ask for faith. I had a, uh, a professor who grew up in Romania. His father was killed by the military police for being a, a preacher of the gospel. And he, he grew up and, and he decided he wasn't going to say anything about Jesus because of what happened to his father. And God began to deal with, with him about it. And so he finally surrendered and he began to, to share Christ and he began to be active in, uh, in witnessing and, and, and teaching in the church and so forth. 
and the secret police came for him. And they tortured him, and he didn't describe the details of it. He said, I still, I still don't even like to talk about it. But he said, he said, one thing I remember is I would sit outside the door knowing I was about to be taken in to be tortured and hear what was happening to the person in front of me. And he said, I would ask God, Lord, give me the strength not to deny your name. Give me the faith to stand for you. And by God's grace, God carried him through those trials. And finally, they revoked his citizenship, and he came to the United States. And uh, God had richly blessed his life. But, but I tell you that to tell you this. All of us need God in the, in the equation, no matter who we are, no matter what we're facing. We can't do the trust thing without him. And so w when you're facing circumstances in your life, but also when you come to God's word, ask God to give you a heart of faith. To trust and obey what God says. And, uh, and he will delight to answer that. If you want to be helped by God's word, you need to value it. You need to desire it. And you need to believe it. And when you do, you won't be put to shame. You can expect God's blessing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us such a precious gift. And God, I just ask that this morning as, as we've thought about these things and as we've uh, meditated on these things, Lord, that uh, you would drive them deep down into our hearts. Help us to, in all our genuineness, Lord, to value your word, to desire it, and to believe it. And Father, I pray that we would, we would fulfill that verse according to your faith so Will it be to you that you would give us great faith to follow you and, uh, and to honor you in our lives, Lord. And Father, I, I pray that uh, you would be with those here today that don't know, know Jesus Christ. And Lord, I first of all thank you for your love for them and for the fact that you sent your son to die for them. But Father, I also pray that you will grant them the faith to trust you and to repent and to uh, follow you. Bring about change, Lord. Let's let that uh, encourage.